Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastor Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Good morning. <laughs> Afternoon, evening. This is true. We never know we when never our know, listeners right? are listening. I mean, people may listen to you at Middle 2 in the, the morning, Carolyn, right. or they might listen to you at 9 in the after evening or <laughs> 3 in the afternoon. You know, this so. is true. Well, whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good day with it, night with it. <laughs> we just hope that you're, um, we're, we're just glad you are listening. We're glad you tuned in, <laughs> right? Whatever time it is. I know. I, you know. I'm not going to necessarily give anybody a hard time for listening to we're me at two in the morning. Yeah, we're there glad we're you're here. <laughs> so, do you want to start the program, podcast today? Um, considering I don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. Well, okay. Well, you could, I mean, you could take it in any direction that you'd like to take it in, and oh, I'm boy. sure that I'll work whatever it is that we need to talk about into it. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know. I've been in, in a lot of Paul, and now I'm in like First, Second Timothy, so uh, a lot of letters that Paul wrote. I've been kind of identifying with him lately. So, so what do you think he was really trying to, now that you've kind of been into that and studied <laughs> that, what do you think he was really trying to do there, particularly with Timothy? Right. Or the epistles in general, but Timothy. Well, I think that he was, it was letters of encouragement to share, you know, to keep going, press forward, uh, press on, you know, towards the prize. Um, of course, Mark we know he call. went through uh, so much more than any, you know, one person should have to go through. And and amazingly, God continued to use him uh, and let him live through all these things. But I think he was... Um, he knew his time was coming to an end, so I believe he was trying to pass that mantle on and tried to teach Timothy, Titus. You know, he tried to teach all these um, concepts and premises, you know, just God's Word to his students, his people that were under him. And I think he, he knew what he was trying to pass on and I think he just was it was mostly like an encouragement to keep on to press on no matter what happens well I love how you put that because there's two parts of that right there's word and living word mm -hmm. and right. and word is what would be instructional mm -hmm. disciplines discipleship mm -hmm. disciplines mm -hmm. but then if you don't put them in the practice, right? Yeah, because they, they were with him. It is not living word. Yeah, they lived and, it out with him. And that's where the encouragement comes in, mm -hmm. because it takes a lot of courage to be able to really implement this. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> the disciplines. So I'm going to read from Matthew. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily, I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death, Till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Mm -hmm. So what's that got to do with Paul, and Timothy, and the epistles? I think that's exactly what Paul was doing. I think Paul got it. Mm -hmm. Paul certainly had the word before he met Jesus mm -hmm. personally. Right. <laughs> had a personal encounter with Jesus. Mm -hmm. On the road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. But after he had a personal encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he all of a sudden, the heavens opened, the light shone yeah. down. Yeah. You've got to do this, Paul. Mm -hmm. You can't just go around preaching good word. You can't just go around instructing everybody what to do. Right. You have to practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. You have to live it mm -hmm. in order for it to really be validated. Or you to be validated. Certainly, I think both parts of that. I think the word becomes valid, maybe not only to you, but everybody else. But for you to own that in that way of doing it mm -hmm. and your identity and personality, that validates you in a way that you can't get that unless you go out and do it. 
Right. And those letters that he wrote, I mean, <laughs> it was just so beautiful. And he's like, you know what I went through when I was there and you know how I needed your support. I mean, you can just feel like what he went through and, and just feel that, um, that love and support, but also that tension, like of all the stuff he went through and, and how he relied on those people and their prayers. I mean, he just laid it out in the letters, like, you know, pray for me as I try to do this because you know, the struggle I had when I was there, you know, and it's just interesting to me how, how much his life changed and how he knew it all before, but now he's living it out, which is really interesting to me because you can know a lot up here, I'm pointing at my head, but to live it out and to know it in your heart, to make it into action is different. And this was Matthew 16, I started mm-hmm. with verse 24. Mm-hmm. And we'd been in the last podcast, sequentially here, We were in Matthew 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. We talked about if you were really going to ever really be able to get it. And then I should say then in the same kind of way we're talking on today's podcast, do it. You've got to turn off the things that get in the way of you doing it. And the number one thing that gets in the way that the devil manipulates the most is fear. Mm. And you've got to turn off that system, that part of your physical dimension that would have in an emotional sort of way fear or anger attached to it not only so that you would receive the word the seed in an intellectual like bodily sort of way Mm -hmm. physical psychological sort of way you need that so you'll understand it but you still need to know how to do that so you keep doing it because Mm -hmm. if you don't figure out how to Keep that muted or at least somewhat suppressed, the fight or flight thing, Mm -hmm. the sympathetic nervous system operation we talked about last Mm -hmm. podcast, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to do it. Or if you're going to do it, you're going to do it hypocritically or try to do it hypocritically, not by allowing the feelings, which by the way, that's where the motive comes from. I mean, every motive in life, in a physical dimension, comes from fight or flight. I mean, that's where all the energy comes from. Mm -hmm. But that energy has to be changed into a positive, or at least within a positive context, lest you destroy not only yourself, but everybody around you. Mm -hmm. Or you harden your heart such that you mute that. Mm -hmm. Again, I use that word in a bad sort of way now. You turn that off, or you you become so hardened of heart Mm -hmm. that you end up searing your conscience, Mm -hmm. blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And yes... It's psychological operations. Most of last podcast was about that. We put that whole Matthew 12 and 13, this type of theme within that discussion. But it's only to, in some ways, prepare or logistically, it sets you up or establishes you to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. which is also power from with emotional dimension, but it's a different power. In a physical sense, it's all fight or flight. But when it comes to really operating out of spiritual, it's not that you don't still have emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's not that those emotions still don't somehow, that system as God has designed it, in a physical dimension, isn't operational, doesn't work, because he's working through physical beings, so it has to. Mm -hmm. But the power itself, I believe in some ways, if not always, is completely different. Hmm. So I would liken that to being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things that you otherwise could not do. Like you want to take flight and the Holy Spirit helps you to not do that. I mean, that's, that's how I understand what you just said. <laughs> then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for mine my sake shall find it. So, so going back then to Matthew, I believe it would be 14. And I don't know if you do when you read the, the Bible. <laughs> I have to confess this. Uh-oh. I don't use a study now. It's not the study guides. I use the study guide, but I don't start with the study guide. 
I, I use it mostly just so that I've, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not like way out of the weeds or like so far out there that I'm leading people astray. Because I do think, I do believe in precedence, the power, right. getting back this power, this notion of the importance, the significance of precedence. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe also there's some consensus that we have to have if it's yeah. too far out there, too right. bizarre. And, and precedence sort of takes you back to the notion too that this is, there's probably no really new thought except to me. <laughs> you know, right. It's all been thought Somebody's, before, yeah. said before. And the word of God has preserved it, but I'm discovering it. But I, I like to discover it and then I like to read what everybody else discovers. And then in that way, I take my thesis and I test it a bit and I look for, you know, established, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, in the word of God. And then I feel more confident saying it and then applying it. Right, right. But I'm going to go back to Matthew 14. Okay. And uh, back only because we started today on 16. But if we get that idea that Jesus is trying to tell the disciples they're hypocrites. You guys say you look, look for, do all this stuff. And you, you say that I'm wrong because your traditions or those that you've taken from Moses, the Pentateuch, the first five books, mm -hmm. which were really pretty sound instructional. It's primary source stuff with Moses. He wrote all the first five books right. of the Old Testament, the Bible as we know it. But all that stuff that they took by the time Jesus come around... They pontificated, they thought, it had become so corrupted with failed or faulty sort of models of intellect, rationality, reasoning. It was all being driven by, at that point, fear. Because if you look at that, take up your cross and follow after me, from that point that they crossed into the promised land and they thought it was all going to be smooth sailing mm -hmm. until Jesus comes along, that's their cross. Mm-hmm. It's not smooth sailing. Right. It's right. always a bumpy road. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can get, again, some traction just out of psychology alone, right? Or intellect alone, or right. word alone appealing to higher principles. You right. were talking about the mark of the high calling earlier, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the epistles of Paul, uh, Timothy teaching mm -hmm. the church, mm -hmm. aspiring to this greatness. But when it comes right down to it, a thought isn't going to be powerful enough, even with fight or flight in human dimension, especially with fight or flight in human dimension, the only motive you're going to get out of that is turn tail and run. Not me. And if you can't really justify that, this because you've went around like spewing out of your mouth how much you believe in God and do the right thing and be right. But when it really comes down to it, you're not willing to do it. Mm -hmm then it tells me you really don't believe, believe it. it. Right. Or you're not allowing the power that is in the heart mm -hmm. as with mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which is, again, not the same power. It's more powerful, but it has to take into account that there's some energy that still is going to happen in physiological manner. Mm -hmm. Am I making any sense? Sure. So, so let me give an example. Matthew 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrot, Tech Tet Rock heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do shew from forth themselves in him. And it goes on to say, For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him, put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It's not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death. He feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded to be given her, and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. Hmm. Now, this passage is not about John the Baptist, <laughs> Matthew 14. It's within the context of 12 and 13, which was last podcast, and we kind of tried to summarize this podcast, and then 16, mm -hmm. a true disciple. So this is not about John the Baptist, although I would not doubt, at least centrally so, I would not doubt that John was a good disciple of Jesus, even as much before he met Jesus or met with Jesus 
to baptize him in the River Jordan. Nonetheless, cousins, I think. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. They were cousins. <laughs> Relatives. And we know that it's a spiritual thing. All of that. I take nothing away. But in a practical sort of way, it wasn't until that baptism that the Old Covenant fully was brought to its finish. We see the completion of the Old Covenant, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean it's doing away with. It just means that work was done so that then the Word the could be delivered in such a manner of reasoning, rationality, they could see the consequences mm -hmm. and that all the human dimension, humanism, to try to justify why it's not working, it had come to its full fruition. And John was saying, guys, you're so out in the weeds. <laughs> Get mm -hmm. back to, I don't start with a steady guy, but I'll finish with one. You're so far out of the weeds, you're neglecting the precedents here. You're not even going back to the Pentateuch. You're not even going back and reestablishing or allowing the Word to reestablish your foundation. You've moved so far off the mark. You've lied to yourself and everybody else so much. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going on, except it's not good. Right. It's not the promise. It's not the mark of the high calling. Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus, in this passage, the passage is reminding us, knew that. But he not only knew that, he knew what they were, did with John, they were going to do with him. Yeah. They were going to cut off his head and put it on a platter, but they were going to try to do the same thing. Well, when he confronted them and said, it's not lawful for you to have her, what what happened? The very first thing, because he was afraid, so he got fear right off the bat. They thought he was a prophet. Oh no, <laughs> he knows things. He knows too much. So now we got to kill him. <laughs> and I mean, it's just it's interesting to me that you know the very first thing instead of instead of considering what he's saying might be true, instead of thinking about the scriptures, oh no, fear. Let's kill him. <laughs> And then think about this. Jesus was, is the Christ. He is God eternally. I want to make sure my right. verbs. Right. Okay. <laughs> but at the time, he was man. Right? True. He's not man now, but he was man. He came in human dimension. Right. So when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. Now... I believe there's all sorts of reasons for that. Mm -hmm. A desert place would have certainly afforded him an opportunity to kind of get away, like the wilderness thing, to kind of just communicate with God or commune with God. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that whole thing we talked about with Daniel. Maybe it's that same type of thing in, in a material sense. Mm -hmm. Jesus was having audience with God in that same... I mean, that's the only way I could... NIV says he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. Privately to a solitary place. But I don't know that he knew fear in that same way, but I think there probably was some aspect of him that had some element of that, that uh, sympathetic operation. Mm -hmm. and, and you could say, well, no, he was, but he was human. Well, and, yeah. and we're all entitled to fear. What's and that? we are going to have some fight or flight in us. Right. We just can't let that predominate. He was Word, right. or he knew in that Word was established in him, as with John the Baptist. That's Word. He knew the Old Testament. Right. He knew what that was about, and that was a finished work. Now it came time to not only hear it, learn it, mm -hmm. but now it came time to do it. Mm -hmm. And with that, the need for encouragement, which then would require some sort of <laughs> distribution in a physical dimension, to help all of us, the rest of us, mm -hmm. who have that same sort of element in us. Now, I don't know that he took off because he thought if Herod was going to get him. I don't think that. But I think probably there was some need for him to practice what he was preaching. Mm -hmm. And we miss that mm -hmm. because we know the end. We know the, the conclusion, the, the story, the end of the story. We know who Jesus is. We know why he came, we know what he brought to us, we know his resurrection. But at that time, I'm not saying it wasn't a finished work, but it was yet to be finished in a physical dimension. And if you're going to get from there, to, from here to there, to the highest calling, to what's been promised, 
you're going to have to take up your cross and follow after me. And there's going to be all kinds of points along the way where the devil is going to try to discourage you. And there's nothing more discouraging, I'm sure, to Jesus than to know that John Baptist's head was cut off and set on a platter for what? I mean, that is like for the, the lust of the flesh. Herod, as noble as he might be for feeling sorry, he didn't let that drive him. His lust for Herodias... And then with that, the dancing and all of that. And he's kind of kowtowed to his wife or she was mm-hmm. sneaky. He married a woman. It's like Ahab and, and Jezebel. Yeah. That's what it was all for? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would incite both fear and anger in me. I'd be righteously indignant at <laughs> that moment. I just keep thinking it's the, uh, well, the very next verse talked about how he had compassion when he, when he finally landed and saw all the people, you know, he had compassion on them. That, that man that you mentioned, we see that come out, you know, not only by him going away, but I think of um, the garden. It's the difference between the garden and the cross. And he still had all that to deal with. But then, like you said, he had to sort of <laughs> live that out literally because, you know, he was man there struggling with that. Take this cup from me. You know, we, we see him submit, yes. But do we look at the struggle before that? And I'm not saying this was a struggle when he went away. But I believe we see some physical, you know, dimension to him um, in this passage. And there's other times when he did that too. When he wept over Lazarus. And he wept for Jerusalem. And he went looking over Jerusalem, how I'd long to gather you like a chick or like a mother. Mother hen. Hen gathers her chicks. chicks. So, you know, I I think it's important that, I'm glad you brought that out. I think it's important to note that because yes, he did live it out and he did do what the Holy Spirit, you know, what he was supposed to do, the Father's will. But he also had that element to where he had a choice to make. And at this particular moment, it was getting some traction. Mm-hmm. Right. The crowds. Mm-hmm. People were listening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there was an audience, which means if there's an audience, there's going to be a testimony. Mm-hmm. And it would not be for ego's sake. I don't believe that. It would no. not be because he wanted them to like him. Right. No. No. Or that he just for the sake of integrity. Mm-hmm. Although I think there was certainly a lot of integrity in that sort of yeah. way in mm-hmm. Jesus, physically mm-hmm. right. and spiritually, which is what we're called to. Right. But I think it was even more. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and get this, and was moved with compassion Mm -hmm. toward them. Mm -hmm. And he healed their sick. So he could have made it about himself. I literally just said that in my head. He could have made it about himself. And he could have made it about ego. Mm -hmm. And he could have even done it out of righteousness, or for righteousness' sake, Mm -hmm. John the Baptist. Right. And, of course, if you follow that, it's going to end up there. I mean, you're going to get your head on a platter because that's what the world does. Right. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Yeah. The idea, though, that it had to be even more because that... Even our fight or flight was still not going to accomplish any more than John the Baptist had accomplished. And I don't even think it was a competition with John. Mm-hmm. I just think Jesus understood how the two parts rightly fit together, and John was established, established, established in Old Testament yes. word. Mm-hmm. But Old Testament word didn't come to fruition until Jesus demonstrated with compassion Mm -hmm. that there's a power greater than intellect. Mm -hmm. There's a power greater than psychological might. Mm -hmm. There's a power greater than fight or flight. Although it's powerful, all energy for physical life, I think, comes from that. But the greater power is the love of God and the greater power as manifest love of God. Why Jesus was sent in the first place was because not only did Jesus have compassion, was moved with compassion, but God had compassion for us. Mm -hmm. He sent His Son to die for us, to carry that cross, Mm -hmm. and Jesus knew it. Mm -hmm. But when you start to think of it that way, 
And then you begin the actual power that brought forth all life, that brings forth all life, is behind it. And you call it love. Mm -hmm. It has a way of giving you a strength to endure Mm -hmm. even the hardships that John endured. But you got to have that in a flesh sort of way because you'll just give in to fight or flight and quit. Right. And John could have done that, but that's why there was none greater in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. There'll be none greater than John Baptist. Why? Because he didn't. Mm. He continued. Mm -hmm. And pressed onward to the mark of high calling. Mm -hmm. Not out of himself, but he had to get past himself. Right. To be able to do this. But what helps you get past yourself? You can argue a million ways to Sunday. All the scripture. The only thing that will help you is compassion and love. Mm -hmm. For the people that God loves. Which is all of us. And for those that otherwise would be with hope. Willing to receive it. Their redemption. Their salvation. That's part of I think why he he made himself nothing. And... Was it him? It was. Was it him that said, "I must decrease so that he can increase"? Yes. So he made himself nothing, and we know the picture of him with the camel hair and wild locusts and honey and all that, <laughs> and he looks kind of wild. But if he came in in his robes and and knew everything and wanted to tell the people, "I am Jesus's cousin," I, you know, I'm coming to tell you about him. Would he have had the same effect? I mean, I think his love and compassion towards the people was so evident. Of course they were going to listen to him. Um, And I think he knew that. But he was not going to make himself something out to be some great, um, you know, prophet that wanted honor. He knew his place. And he knew what he had to do. So he's a very interesting character, John the Baptist. I like him in The Chosen, too. If you ever watch that show, he, they have, a, have a, a person that plays him that does an amazing job of that. It's interesting to see how they um, show the relationship between him and Jesus. You know? and, and he has to be <laughs> an interesting character because he's everything that the Old Testament could make without Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's admirable. He's noble. He's highest order. He's honorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was without corruption, but he was not received. And though he preached the sermon with integrity, and that's why I said even with integrity, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. He preached the sermon. We should have integrity. Right. But he preached the sermon, but he did not have until Jesus finishes or finished, and he's going to, or his work is to be completed. It's complete now, but it will one day be fully manifest mm-hmm. and complete in a physical dimension. That's what I want to say. But John didn't have the, lip, the, the benefit of that mm-hmm. at that time, but he still did what he needed to do. Right. And why he sent his disciples eventually to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He knew. To ask, are you really the Christ? Because, you know, if you're not going to be with me, <laughs> Tell me now, if you're not going to follow through, if it's not real, what you're saying is not real, you just let me know. Because I'm not saying it would have changed or John would have ran, mm-hmm. but if that were to be the end of it, we'd still say, oh, what a great man, what an interesting mm-hmm. character. Right. But we've got, but wait, there's more. We've got an example of Christ. Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about the sign a few podcasts ago? Mm-hmm. Comes up in the same series of chapters in Matthew. The sign is Jesus. Even as Jonas was in the belly of the whale, the sign is Jesus. He resurrected in three days. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Herod thought he'd ended John and then felt sorry for him. No! Herod, (laughs) you fool, Herod. I know you're not supposed to call him a fool. But you crazy person, Herod. You silly guy. You can't. Devil, you... Fool, you silly person, you crazy guy or angel or whatever. You can't kill Jesus because it's not about the flesh. It may be getting past the flesh. And if you're going to kill anything, the only thing the devil can do is kill the flesh. Mm -hmm. But then he can create that in us. If we don't accept Jesus right now, that can create in us a dead soul, Mm -hmm. which will otherwise condemn us to hell eternal. But the devil can't kill your soul unless you fall into that particular trap. 
Jesus right. is trying to warn them. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in the fight or flight. Don't get caught up in the fear. It's going to come to you if you're going to be a disciple and you're going to not only teach others, you're going to encourage others. If you're going to live this so that you reap the benefit, you get the eternal reward, the highest reward, the mark of the high calling, your soul is going to be saved. Your flesh is still going to die. You've got to overcome fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And this is how you do it. But Jesus had an audience. Mm -hmm. But he had compassion for them because he knew what they were going to go through. Right. And he also knew that it was going to take more than what they knew or what they were. They were still living out of the Old Testament, which is, again, Mm -hmm. fine. But... I mean, what good is a bunch of people if all you're going to do is live your life and end up dying? You can say, oh, well, it's a legacy. I pass it on. But it gets corrupted. Mm -hmm. And who's to say the next generation is going to be as good as the previous one because everything in a material sort of way, as it moves to inertia or atrophy or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, ends up each generation seemingly getting worse. This is true. (laughs) Well, I just think about how he, um, you know, when we see right after that, um, the disciples, he had compassion on them. And then they came to him and, you know, they're like, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. It's getting late. <laughs> Send them away. You know, they didn't even, they didn't really see what was going on there. Um, so they go to their villages and buy food. And Jesus, that's when we see a miracle happen next. But he said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. So even the disciples, even them that were with him, <laughs> And, and lived with him. Um, and even to the end, we see that even even in the garden, um, you know, we, we see it clear up to the end. The disciples don't always understand. But they were saying, you know, send them away so they can go take care of themselves. <laughs> this, is, this is out here in the middle of nowhere. It's getting late. We're thinking about us, you know. <laughs> and it's just, it's interesting to me that after everything that had happened, and yet they still don't see him having compassion on them and healing them as, you know, there's something bigger going on here, guys. Well, it's and, not just, you know, me like a slave, like just healing people. So in contrast, which it comes to be, mm-hmm. or comparison, which then leads to the contrast, this is the difference between the Sadducees, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. their doctrine, and Jesus's. Again, they were both preaching the same sermon. Jesus preached the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Jesus honored John the Baptist. Actually, in some ways, he was one and the same with John. And so too were the Pharisees, at least in word. That was the premise. Mm -hmm. But do you want to know what is a good heart? (laughs) Out of of a good tree will bear good fruit. Mm -hmm. A bad tree will bear bad fruit. He was about to show it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he, in his compassion, not only healed them, but his compassion, he was going to feed them. Right. But he was not only going to feed them as with material provision, he'd already given them the word, but he was going to, in that same way, not only elucidate the word, give them the word again, mm-hmm. but he was going to begin to show them the actual demonstration of that, as your point was, mm-hmm. something bigger is going on here, mm-hmm. with power. Right. They were going to be able to see it in a quite abbreviated sort of way. Mm-hmm. What it is when you begin to not only in intellect calm <laughs> the emotions down to get to that place where you can begin to think clearly, make a good decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when the decision is made and then the hardship starts to come, <laughs> the seed falls on stony soil and all mm-hmm. that, or the cares of the world... Right. Tries to steal it. Right. If it's really been planted in your heart, then what begins to happen is you begin to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is beginning to bear fruit. Right. In physical way. Mm-hmm. We know that it's spiritually there, been there all along. But to get past the physical flesh that would otherwise have choked it out, all those things. Mm-hmm. Jesus would begin to show it. And he did that intentionally by feeding the thousands. And again, I think it's really important, at least at first, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to talk about the second before it's all said and done. 
But I think that idea, though, is that he did that in context to everything we've been saying. Hmm. He told them. Right. Well, the Pharisees knew, like we said, you know, of course, they, you said they were preaching the same sermon, uh, the Pharisees and Jesus. Of course, then he starts living it out and he starts being, you know, the bread of life. He starts being the provider and he literally <laughs> feeds them and literally does all these things. And they still didn't get it, which, you know, maybe they didn't want to get it because fear, you know, we talked about that last week, I think, about how they got afraid as soon as they saw him doing things, you know, then they were out to kill him. And it went from him doing a miracle to let's kill him in zero to 60, you know, in just a few seconds, um, escalated quickly, as they say. But right after that, we see him. I find it interesting, um, and I, this is just a side note, that he went up on the mountainside by himself again to get alone and to pray, it says. But he went up there alone, away from distance from land, and I think that's interesting to note after all this, and he still kind of knew that he needed to get oh, himself to, you know, oh, that's not get where, himself together. But um, That's where the solitude... yeah. And being alone, that's where, again, that peace mm -hmm. yeah. that, that you have to enter into. And we do. We do. We have to enter in. We have to shut all of this down in an emotional sort of way. Right. Prepare ourselves logistically to be right. able to receive mm -hmm. and get into that place. Because that's not for the Spirit. Because the Spirit, we're believing, as with right. Holy Spirit, right. there's nothing at deficit. Mm -hmm. But what that means is the vessel needs to logistically be prepared right, right. to operate in mm -hmm. such way mm -hmm. and such power. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go back. <laughs> go forth, back, okay. go forth, back, go forth. Matthew 13. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him. This is not the, the thousand feeding of the thousands. This is before, or at least the first feeding. And, Jesus, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And I said earlier, a moment ago, that he told them. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, seeds, and the fowls came and devoured them. Up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith... They sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some an hundred, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. If your heart's hardened... beat my chest. If your heart is hardened, you're not going to receive any of this. Mm -hmm. If you've True. become callous, if that's your True. choice right. out of fight or flight, and with that, you don't want to feel the feelings. <laughs> with that, you don't want to bear the cross. With that, you don't want to go through it. You're going to harden your heart, which steals your compassion, mm -hmm. which steals your empathy, which steals your ability even in an intellectual way to have empathy as well as perspective, as well as empathy. Right. For those people yeah. that you're ministering to or the people that you share this world with, which right. is all about ministry. Right. Jesus had a good heart. Mm -hmm. The Sadducees and Pharisees' heart had become hardened. That was the corruption. Right. They walled off not only their own emotions, they walled off their heart and stored those emotions inside of whitewashed sepulchers mm -hmm. inside themselves and wouldn't even let Jesus in. Mm. That's the whole point. Yeah. But they and Herod had a lot in common. In that same sort of way that Herod killed John the Baptist, they were quite all right, as you were mentioning a moment ago. In almost a snap of a finger, they went from zero to 60. Mm -hmm. And they're going to kill Christ mm -hmm. out of fight and right. flight. Yeah. And the disciples came and said unto him, this is Matthew 13, starting with verse 1. Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, which would have been the Pharisees, mm -hmm. the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, 
To him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not for him shall be taken away, even that he hath. So here we go. So what were they given? That's kind of a rhetorical question. Hmm. Well, or had they been given? Right. Well, if they, it was given to all, it's really what I'm trying to say. They had the word. They had uh, um, the scripture. They had Moses' writings. But I always called it Pentateuch. I didn't know it was Pentateuch. Well, it could be Pentateuch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've just... It's, <laughs> I didn't tomato, want to say it wrong. tomato, you know, I didn't want to say it wrong. Um, they had that. And, you know, of course, that was... You know, the scroll, that was important to them, of course. But they used it and abused it. Instead of making it a living word, it was more their um, their special, uh, what would you call it, like their secret weapon, their little thing that they would end up using against Jesus. But um, that's what I think they were given, was they had they had John the Baptist, they had they, the word, they had everything that they needed. But, that's the but wheat, they didn't see it. That's the wheat and tares. Right? Somebody has gone into your field and they sown tares into your wheat. What shall we do? Shall we go ahead and separate them? No. Wait to the end time. Then we'll harvest and then the tares will be burnt up. Well, that's what I was thinking when you were speaking. I was thinking, but they will anyway in the end. Because they've been given the same thing. God is a God that is entirely fair. If you want to lessen it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to make it great, He loves everybody. Right. You have to choose what you're going to do with it. But they're going to have to acknowledge Him anyway in the end. They might harden their hearts now, but eventually they're still going to have to bow down to Him. But when you make that decision on the front end Mm -hmm. to run, to fight it, to Mm -hmm. fight against God, when you're not moved with compassion, when Mm -hmm. you respond out of defensiveness, psychologically, Mm -hmm. physically, Mm -hmm. when you... Are a hypocrite, and you go around saying all the right things, mm-hmm. but you're not going to move a single digit of a finger to help somebody. Right. Then you've chosen your course. Mm-hmm. And to get away with that internally, because there is such a thing as a conscience, a remnant, a residual of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, mm-hmm. you're going to have to just keep burying the feelings. Right. Or you're going to have to start to kind of like, again, in that walling off practices, defense mechanisms, stop feeling. Mm. That's a dangerous Or place. if you're going to do that at that deepest of levels, heart level, love, compassion, empathy, perspective of others, you're just going to settle for what Herod did, the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Which now, ended up in death. Yes. Well, not only death of John the Baptist... But it ended up in death because that's what the devil did to Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm, I can't get into all of it. I mean, I'd love to get into all the reasons why we don't have time. But I'm hoping I'm getting into enough of them and our listeners are able to follow where Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's leading us. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning. That's when it all started. This is just by the time that John the Baptist's head was taken off of him, it had already come to a harvesting. That was the result of the Old Testament. But lest that God would otherwise be accused of not being merciful, or even as Jesus, as he had his audience with God, that moment of solitude, and was reminded Mm -hmm. of his divinity, the Christ, Mm -hmm. so that he would example that for these individuals that otherwise were corrupted by all this stuff. They knew it, but they didn't know it. They had it, but they let stuff steal it. God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us so that we would understand that in that dimension. And as much as that seems mystery, it's only mysterious because it's been hidden away. It's been stolen. The devil has come and stolen Mm -hmm. your birthright. He's stolen what God intentioned all along and called you to be. You have to have John the Baptist to say no to the devil. But you have to have Jesus say yes to God. Right, right. That's well said right there. Well, at least to the extent that you have all this that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Because the yes to God is always going to be, it's not your flesh. It's your spirit. Mm -hmm. So don't let that, though that's important, physical dimension. 
to survive. Survival is not bad. God put it in us. Right. But when it comes to a good choice, a good decision, that's the ultimate choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be to choose Jesus, no matter what that looks like in the flesh, which I think we, you know, seeing that throughout the New Testament and especially we opened up with Paul, uh, no matter what that looks like, it's always going to be to choose the Spirit, to choose Jesus which he never claimed it was going to be easy or something that we would, you know, sign up to do. I mean, I'm sure John the Baptist, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty um, intense way to die. And, you know, there was other disciples that, you know, died, I guess you could say worse deaths, but that's not beyond our calling. I know that sounds kind of morbid. I don't mean it to, but well, you're all um, gonna, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die, but we may not have our head on a platter, right? But choosing Jesus is going to be the way versus, you know, dying like a Pharisee and have our hearts hardened and then have to confess He's Lord anyway <laughs> and not spend eternity with Him. And that's the nobility that we see in John. We mentioned that at least I did. I said it that way earlier. Mm -hmm. is that I can admire him mm -hmm. simply yeah. just because he's a man of principle. Right. <laughs> he's right. like the Sadducees and Pharisees. He had principles. Right. He had virtue and character. And he lived by them. And he lived by them. Mm -hmm. He put his money where his mouth was. Right, which they did not. But he could not, in that same sort of a way, demonstrate that because it was not yet time or season. Mm -hmm. But he was all part of the legacy that we have inherited, the precedent, right. the consensus, right. if we know the Word and we have the Holy Spirit in us. We are now privileged to know these mysteries because we have the Word. Mm -hmm. We have the Holy Spirit. John set it up, was part of setting it up. Right. But somewhere inside you had to know, even if it was just in the flesh, mm -hmm. before, again, that meeting with Jesus in the Jordan, the baptism of Christ, that it was still enough because he is now counted in the Lamb's Book of Life as one of many, many generations that have led to the place that we are right now. And we get to take advantage of that. I want to go back to, uh, stay in, I should say, Matthew 13. But I'm going to jump ahead to verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, or Isaiah, 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 which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand, understand with their heart, and shall be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men, which is what we were saying a moment ago, have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. And then Jesus goes on to liken the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto, as in parable form. So when we go then to, I think it was 15, we were in with the multitude. Is that where we were? 14, 15? Yeah, 14, excuse 14. me. The feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had already told them, told them in parables. He'd already planted the seed. He'd already begun to show it in physical dimension. So it wasn't just a word. Mm -hmm. He was demonstrating the power he was moving upon their hearts or in that stirring up right. of the gift of the conscience of the Holy Spirit that had yet to be fully, I guess, as much the book of Revelation would put it, there's going to be such a falling away that the world would seemingly or would result in, mm -hmm. in, in the end times, a removal of the Holy Spirit. Nonetheless, this was not the time. Just right. looked bad. Some people, I'm sure, had fallen into such a state of desolation. Right. Abomination. But what Jesus was doing was, though, showing them or about to show them. Now, he said something a few moments ago about the Pentateuch or Touche. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. 
And when it was evening, his disciples came to them. Now jump forward to 14, verse 15. This is a desert place, which we talked about the spirit going Mm -hmm. out into a desert place. The man, right? The sign, when we were talking about the sign. It's a desert place. They were dry. Mm. It probably was physically and literally a desert place, but I don't think that we should miss the, the... similarities there, or at least don't lose that sight that it was not only speaking to the physical dimensions Mm -hmm. of a desert, but they were empty. Mm -hmm. They were dry. Dry bones. Can these dry bones live again? Mm -hmm. And the time is now past. Send them all to way, which you mentioned that earlier, Mm -hmm. that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give them to eat, and they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples did to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. I don't think, in that same sort of way I tried to get out of my mouth, don't fail to miss the common dimensions of the spiritual and the physical, the desert place. I have no doubt the five loaves were the Pentateuch. I have no doubt. Now, were they five loaves? I have no doubt they were five loaves. Mm-hmm. Literally. I have no doubt that those five loaves would not have fed 5,000 with the two fishes. Right. But I don't think Jesus was only talking about that. He was not only speaking parable. He was bringing that to literal manifestation, which is why God sent him in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For tangible representation. Right. So that you could see it, Mm -hmm. touch it, taste it, feel it, experience it. In a way that would change you forever. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think the two fishes, you can speculate. Could be John the Baptist. Could be Jesus. Remember, we started this whole discussion today with John the Baptist, his head on a platter. Uh, all these things that we said. I know Jesus knew that, understood that. Maybe that's in solitude. He was That was being given unto him or affirmed to him in a physical sense. But when he came to that place of feeding them this first time, the multitude this first time, mm-hmm. I had no doubt he understood it. Right. And no doubt that the Ithacus, 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 the fish? Ichthus. Ichthus. Got to help me. You're the English person. Ichthus, the Greek mm-hmm. sign, is a fish. Mm-hmm. And no doubt that we are all fishers of men and all those things that go with it. Right. My point is this, though. Literally, there were five loaves and two fishes. Mm-hmm. But you've got to see this in context. It was, it was magnificent, the miracle in and of itself. There's something more going on. But wait, there's more. Right. Literally, it was a miracle in and of itself, just like the healings are. Mm -hmm. But lest we miss the point, it's not about the feeding of the people in a literal sense, although that was surely God's promise that He's going to take care of those needs. And it's not that God would want any of us sick. It's the infirmity of the flesh Mm -hmm. in a spiritual sense, or the infirmity of flesh that in a spiritual sense causes all that sickness Mm -hmm. and physical physically sickness because we deny the Holy Spirit. We deny the redemptive powers of God operational even within our lifetime, physical lifetime. Mm -hmm. But what it was about was, I believe, that Jesus was trying to show you have it just like the Pharisees had it. Mm -hmm. You've been given the Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. Own it. This is what you did with it. There's two fishes because we need you to remember what you did with the testimony of that, John the Baptist, in the literal sense. You crucified him. You cut his head off. You didn't crucify him. But you, I guess you did. I mean, I don't know if crucifixion could be something other than a cross. But they cut his head off, put it on a platter. For the sake of what? Politics, government, power in a physical dimension. All that. They sold their souls to all those things. But now you've got the second one here. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with me? What are you going to do with the words? What are you going to do with not only the words, but the compassion 
What are you going to do with my love for you? What are you going to do with my demonstration of the power of God outside of even the power he's given you in physical to have dominion over the world, physical dimension, just out of your physical and psychological self, fight or flight, that kind of thing. What are you going to do with this highest of powers? Which is, by the way, your only way to overcome the reality that all of you are going to die. Because it's really not about preserving the flesh. Right, it's it's right. all about the spirit. And it's not that God doesn't care about us again in flesh terms, because I hope we've made that clear. He does. Right, but right. comparably, comparably, I must in, he must increase as I decrease. John the mm-hmm. Baptist knew it mm-hmm. wasn't about the flesh. Mm-hmm. Was it about him? Right. I kind of had that thought when you said that about what they're going to do with him. We hear that question a lot. I've heard a lot of um, ministers, you know, say that. But I look at it that when are they going to see it's not about them. It's about him. And it's interesting. And I heard somebody talk about this once at a communion about this very passage about breaking the loaves. And he gave thanks. So Jesus took took what they had and he looked up to heaven. This is um, verse 19 looked up to heaven, and he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. So after he gave thanks, he broke the loaves and distributed them and made it not about the bread and fishes, not even about them, but about the breaking of bread was able to feed those, whereas the loaves would not. So in the breaking of that, the miracle was able to happen. And it was no longer about the bread, you know. And so I think I kind of like it's no longer about the people. They have to be willing to go there. They have to be willing to be broken like the bread and be used. And it just can't be about them anymore. And, and that is complete and perfect in this way. Because I think that's what the 12 loaves were about. I'm the 12 the remnant of the 12 baskets mm-hmm. full, I should mm-hmm. say. The idea is, yeah, literally, that's the 12 disciples. But those were the first disciples. Mm-hmm. Remember, we started again the podcast with that notion of what is discipleship, mm-hmm. true discipleship. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Not only was it a message to them that that was the only way that they were going to be able to do that in that imminent sort of immediate sort of context of Jesus being there, facing that crucifixion and then his resurrection and the new church being formed, which the Apostle Paul became part of that. Mm-hmm. But the idea, though, is, is that it's also for discipleship and all that would follow after. And you're right. It's the correlation, the connecting point is that it only happens when your heart gets broken in that way. Mm-hmm. When your heart gets broken in that way, mm-hmm. then the alabaster box produces or pours forth the oil, the right. anointing. But right. if your heart gets broken in the other way and fight or flight mm-hmm. gets in and you decide to wall yourself off mm-hmm. and you decide to exit the world and you're not going to put yourself out there anymore and you're not going to take any more risks and you're not going to let anybody else hurt you again, mm-hmm. that you're going to deny the world the love of God that is already in your heart that you were born with in your innocence. You knew much right. better than the day when you decided to start to build the wall, right. mm-hmm. construct brick by brick that mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. You're going to die in your whitewashed sepulcher. You're going to become not only a Pharisee, but you're going to deny yourself the very power that is your resurrection, which is really life. Life is not in the flesh. It's not about you. It's not about preserving you. It's about the Holy Spirit being manifest in and through you unto the image of Jesus Christ. And you take up your cross and you follow after him. Mm-hmm. But that's to be not only the ambassador as Paul, but that's to manifest the Christ. Mm-hmm. But that's really what Jesus was doing. He was beginning to help them, assist them, and seeing all these things that had just been word mm-hmm. in some dimension. Right. Now watching it all be changed right. into this discipleship and then knowing that it's more than even that, it's the Holy Spirit That out of the brokenness, that's what gets poured forth. And that's life. Mm -hmm. Regretfully, I have to stop at that thought. 
Okay. Sounds like a cliffhanger, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not over, right? But wait, there's more. I love it when you say that. Right. You haven't said that enough, Carolyn. That's because you said it. This I whole said podcast. too much, yes. <laughs> the idea, though, is I want to come back next podcast because it would be enough to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. This is a sermon unto itself. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's continuing a series. No. There were things I wanted to say about Pharaoh. Well, we're going to get back. Keep that thought. Okay. Because we're going to continue to not only the first feeding of the multitude, but there was a second one. Right. Mm-hmm. And wait. What are you going to say? But wait, there's more. <laughs> and if our podcast listeners will come back, we'll try to share that as best we can. In the meantime, you want to share with them how to get a hold of us. Yes, we'd love to hear from you guys. Just give us a call, 304-528-9220. Or you can email us if you feel more comfortable doing that at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online and get some information, covenantsonline.com. Or check out our Facebook page where we post links to our podcast and many other things, which popped up yesterday, I think, or Saturday on my Facebook. It was International Coffee Day. Oh, for those people. Well, that I'm are sure there'll be coffee. a post. And there was a cheesy. There was. A, did you see it? There was a little uh, thing um, about how uh, God loves you a latte. Yes. Yeah, I know that was. I said, see. Sounds what like we, something you would see say. See what we did there. That's what I put. I was very. I was proud of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check out our Facebook page and and see what's going on there and listen to our other podcasts as well. So, if it's not clear, if it's not been made most obvious, we'd love to have you back next podcast. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, we'd also just love you to be able to enjoy and receive all the blessings that God has for you. Until next time.